Welcome back, lords, ladies, and lovelies, to Black Girl Tea Party. I'm Aaliyah Dorsey. And I'm Yasmeen Hill. First things first, let's get right into the brew. Aaliyah, what flavor is your brew this week? Oh, my brew this week is Blackity Black, straight from the motherland. Um, <laughs> um, I recently learned that uh, Coming to America 2 is going to hit streaming this December on Amazon Prime. Um and I'm excited about this uh, because I've actually never seen the first Coming to America. Um, but like, I'm hoping maybe I can find it on a streaming platform somewhere. I can watch it. But I'm really excited that like this kind of iconic piece of black film is going to get a sequel, you know? Um, not, not a reboot, but a sequel, which I think is really beautiful. I, I'm a big fan of sequels, actually. I think sometimes they can be better than the original so i'm really looking forward to what that movie is going to bring for us um yasmin what flavor of brew do you have for us this week oh my gosh uh we must be on the same wave because mine is also blackity black that's that earl gray black tea you know uh, <laughs> um uh, i wanted to talk about the animated show craig of the creek if you know me, you know I love cartoons. I like adult animation, and may you know I don't care if that is childish. I like it. So this, I love me a cartoon. Yes, uh, there are so many. Like that's a we could do a whole another episode about animation. But I wanted to talk about Craig of the Creek specifically because um, on their Halloween episode that aired a couple days ago, the mother dressed up as the iconic missy misdemeanor elliot for halloween and i was just so excited that younger kids who like the show is aimed at are getting to see like iconic black you know pieces of black culture from the 90s like i don't think kids now would know really who missy is or like be able to recognize that um the outfit but like i immediately saw and i was like oh wow this is this is amazing so i'm happy like it just tickled me it just made me so happy i was like wow yeah, it was look at so this. cute Craig i the saw Creek. images on twitter it was adorable yes yes the show in general is like they treat things so like carefully it's such a well-written show and i think it's it's definitely timely and i'm glad that like young black kids have like a character that they can identify with fully um because i know growing up i was like i loved watching tv maybe that's why i like doing what i do now but uh, there weren't a lot of characters that i could identify with completely and so i think the existence of the show is really good i think it's a really good show but then also just like the the nods back i think that's great that that's something that's happening but and with that it's time for tea this week we'll be talking about relationships the good the bad and the ugly um, each party has to have love for one another. That's number one. But under the umbrella, I always look at a uh, relationship uh, like an umbrella. You have the overall um, uh, umbrella, which is love, but underneath it is what really holds the umbrella up. And, and that is trust, commitment, and respect. That was making therapist Jacqueline Jackson, whom I talked to for this week's show. Um, and she had some really good things to say. Uh, so I think we should just like dive right into our conversation about relationships for this week. Um, so yes, me and I hear a lot of people are always saying that relationships aren't what they used to be. Uh, do you think that that's a true statement? 
Mm. <laughs> we talked about this before. Uh, I hear that a lot also. Um, I'm not entirely sure what it means. I, I think when people say that it can mean a number of different things, but it, it, in all honesty, I think it really boils down to people today tolerating like less abuse, whether it be verbal, emotional, or like even physical. Um, and so like when you say, oh, relationships aren't what they used to be, it, I'm confused because it's like, are you talking about roles? Like people aren't adhering to those like heteronormative roles that they're supposed to, or are they just like, embracing other options you know i also think like we're normalizing not conforming to like the nuclear standard of love or relationships you know like it's it's more accepted to like be working or like it's less taboo to be single for longer or to not have children or like to not even aspire to do either of those things and so i do think people get like shamed for feeling that way or like living their life that way um but i also think people perceive the the presence of more options as love being not the same well i'm hearing that from the younger generation uh that are sharing that with me that relationship is not the way you know they trying to educate me on how things have changed um to me um i only thing I can see changing with generation is how we go about meeting each other and finding the one, that one that we want to spend the rest of our lives with. Other than that, uh, the the basics of relationships are always going to remain uh, the same. Uh, there may be a few little changes, but they're, they're the basics of it, or it's the foundation of relationships, that's going to be the same. Yeah, like... I'm always super annoyed by the sentiment, you know, because I think it's a part of us romanticizing the past in a really, what I think of as unhealthy way. Like, of course, relationships aren't how they used to be because we aren't living in the same time. We're not doing the same things. We have different outlooks on stuff and different ways of living. Like, it just makes sense that they're not the same, you know? Um, and also, like, similar to you, I think that when people say that I think that they are like romanticizing a very heteronormative um, gender role enforcing view of relationships and that really doesn't make sense to me you know because also it's like there is no use to be for every kind of relationship you know like especially for like queer people there is no use to be you know um for people in open relationships or people in polyamorous relationships there aren't really there isn't really like a a set like used to be and like I just think that, like, for people who don't have these, like, aren't in, like, a heteronormative relationship, like, I think that sentiment doesn't really apply and doesn't really make much sense, you know? Um, and so I'm just not, you know, I'm all, it always makes me feel kind of icky. Um, but, you know, all that being said, some things have changed in a really, like, significant way. Um, here's a clip from Jacqueline, what she has to say about the way that COVID has affected relationships. Recently, since the COVID-19 has occurred, there's been exposure of what's really, you know, some, some the weaknesses in the relationship. So some of the things that are coming up is, you know, um, you have the time that uh, you spent before COVID just, you know, doing things or doing your own thing, staying busy, job, uh, hobbies or what have you, or social life, that 
ceased and then so couples are were spending more time with each other and finding out things that they did not know or was aware of uh, the other person and what's going on with them. And so that has brought up some, you know, concerns with uh, trust, <laughs> you know, you know, can I really trust this person because they have not been honest with me because I'm finding out some things that they was keeping from me secret. And then it also brings up, you know, the issue of uh, respect and commitment. You know, am I committed? Are we committed to each other like that, that we thought we was? We thought we were committed, but now are we truly committed? And do we have the respect for the other person? The idea of trust is very important, especially now with relationships forming and unfolding uh, via social media. And, you know, because communication is such a big part of healthy relationships, our generation's methods of communication are different. So, you know, it's like, how do you, if the way that we communicate is changing, it's like, how do we use that to form and like create balanced, healthy relationships? Aaliyah, like, how do you think social media has impacted trust or communication in young relationships? Yeah, I think it, like, definitely has in a significant way. Kind of, like, I think people expect people to, like, be open about the relationship with social media or they want to, like, put all kinds of stuff about their relationship on social media. Like, it's a way of people making kind of what can be a very like private thing public you know and it definitely causes issues issues for people like I have a friend who like I think one time her partner was upset with her because like she didn't want to post about them on Facebook you know or like and it's just and it was kind of like ridiculous to me because I'm like it's it's Facebook like who cares you know um or like people are so people will like snoop on their partner's social media and like they'll be like looking for things that are that their partner could be doing wrong or like incorrectly or like incorrectly like in their mindset you know or maybe they could be like breaching a boundary on social media in some way and I think that's like really different and isn't a problem that people have always had to deal with but like now because social media is such a big part of our lives they have to you know but also think people feel pressure to like be perfect on social you know like have these very like curated pages I was just talking with somebody about how cringy I think it is that like some couples have like a joint Instagram account and I'm like what is that I I'm like I would never um just because I'm like no (laughs) I don't want to share that um and also it's like I don't want to have to like pretend that my relationship is perfect you know like I don't want to have to like try to put that out there for the sake of other people so I think it's like affected how much pressure we put on relationships you know because then it's like if y'all break up then it's kind of like people will like wipe their socials with that person and then it looks through the people who are following them you know or they'll like wild out on social like post breakup and it's just I don't know it's just added a lot of like what I think are unnecessary and complicated things into the world I do see people, uh, uh, individuals and couples comparing themselves to other people on social media. And, and uh, I have to reiterate that that we put our best foot forward when we're putting ourselves out there on social media. So uh, that that may, to me, that's not real. That's fantasy. <laughs> and, and not to compare ourselves. The worst thing we can do is compare ourselves to others. No, I think you bring up like a good point, especially of like partners, um, like searching each other's social media 
Um, and I think access to so many different like social networking platforms has definitely influenced like trust levels in relationships. So it's like when you have Tinder, Bumble, <laughs> uh, insert any other like dating app, uh, Instagram, Twitter, where you, it's like really easy to slide into like people's DMs and stuff like that. Um, I think it's just like the not knowing of like how your partner is behaving. I think like that is probably maybe part of the problem. Yeah, people, I don't know. I think people on social media are so much different than they are like in person. And I think it's kind of like adding this element of like, you realize like what a person is by like kind of who they want to put the world, who they want to like put themselves out into the world as and then who they really are and if that person is like different I can see how that can cause a lot of like you know trust issues in a relationship you know like I, I can I can I can see it at least um, of course in order for uh, trust to be built you have to communicate <laughs> uh, there's no way to be in a relationship and there's no communication going on However, um, what I found is, um, you know, not knowing how the couples are not knowing how to really truly communicate effectively uh, without it becoming an argument <laughs> or it being something that, you know, one per you know, another person get offended or so uh, what I'm finding is having to work with them on good communication. What does that look like? Um, you know, without having to get into a conflict. And so what I have been, you know, working with some couples on is managing how to manage conflict. Uh, how do we, how can we uh, talk to each other? Uh, first, you have to, you know, with communication, you have to accept uh, the influence from the uh, from your partner. You can't just discount whatever they're saying as being null and void. You have to listen to to their reasoning, their rationale, you know, number two, just, you know, discussing your problems, you know, taking turn listening to one another, actually really listening to the other person and not just assuming that you can finish their sentence or assuming that you know what they're thinking and feeling, just listening, you know, uh, and not attacking and defending. Uh, and the third one will be, you know, uh, with communication, with practicing, you know, your own self-soothing, keeping yourself calm, not getting upset, not taking it personal. Because uh, it truly boils down to a lack of good communication or miscommunication, um, you know, between the two people. Um, so those are the, you know, if I had to, you know, that's what I've been having to work with couples on is them fostering that, you know, that level of communication with uh, with each other where they would not, you know, get into a, a, a argument or a conflict. Um, so there are tools to aid communication so as not to end in conflict. I'm sure at least some of our listeners have heard of the five love languages. Um, mine are um, physical touch and quality time. Um, and I do use them. I like, you know, it's unfortunate because we're in COVID and I haven't seen my partner um, since like early August. And so because like I need to compromise and they don't want to get me sick and I don't want to get them sick. So I haven't seen them and so I haven't really gotten to have like my love language of like physical touch in like a long time um but you know I do love that I love snuggles I'm a very like like affectionate person even like with my friends I'm like let me give you a hug so that you know that I love you um but I do get like quality time you know we call um 
we like text a lot so you know i'm kind of i'm getting it but not like in the same way that i usually might uh, and yes me like what are your like love languages so my primary love language is quality time followed by words of affirmation and i was just talking with my boyfriend about this and i know that he won't take the test but we recently like moved in together so that is like a you know is different it's definitely like you're seeing um different aspects of your relationship and stuff like that but i he won't take the test but anyway i'm like 99 percent sure that his love language is physical touch which is at the, the bottom of my list um so it's been interesting but like it could also be challenging like trying to communicate with your partner like in their love language um because you know if like that's how they receive love then it would make sense for me to like at least try to communicate with them in that way yeah no my partner's is like gift giving and i'm always like really a little uncomfortable because i'm when like when they, like they want to like give me things i'm like for me why <laughs> why yeah. right no and you know that like physical touch is not my thing i don't like hugs i don't like they're not my favorite thing but i will do them like if somebody asks me like because some people and i know that they probably don't mean to like be weird or anything they're just like oh like let me hug you or something like that and so i definitely prefer like if somebody asks my permission to hug me but you know that's a whole nother thing yeah yeah i try to like um so we recently started like we uh like they'll they like write me love letters now and so i like look at my mail for my love letters but um so sometimes i'll try to like put like things in the letter like i'll like write poet poems and i'll put it in there you know or like i try to put like extra effort into our gift giving holidays like anniversaries and birthdays and christmas like that because i know that's what they like to do, you know? Um, but I just want to be snuggled. That's all. <laughs> that's all I ask for. Um, so, you know, I think that's really important to, like, also, like, realizing that, like, everyone is, like, a mixture of these five love languages. And it's just about, like, which one you personally cultivate the most, you know? No, but there are other tools um, as well that can aid with communication and relationships. There's there's many uh, examples you have like you have the five love languages and then you have the love maps, uh, which I, I believe all wouldn't hurt anyone to work on. You know, any couple, it wouldn't hurt you uh, to work on it. All it could do is add to what you have or add to your foundation. So I look at a relationship like a house. So the first part of building the house is making sure that foundation is real strong. And so what has happened is uh, couples are learning that their foundation, their foundation is not as strong as they thought it was. For all the lords, ladies, and lovelies listening today, a love map is a research-based technique developed at the Gautam Institute, and through studies with couples, they have identified seven major areas that make a relationship strong. One, maintain partner awareness. Two, make deposits in the relationship. Three, work on problems together. Four, friendship building. Five, manage conflict. Six, share goals and dreams, and seven, build shared memories. You know, each individual person have their dreams. However, as a couple, you should have dreams together. You should have shared dreams where you can support each other. So support each other with your individual dreams, but as a couple, supporting each other with your dream as a couple. 
uh, and then number seven, creating uh, shared memory, you know, uh, build uh, meaning or memory, uh, building upon, you know, what what is your legacy as a couple? What is your mission together? You know, what are you, because whenever individuals are together, if they, you know, have the same mission and working toward the same goal, then that makes it stronger. It sounds like this is all work to build the foundation and you need a sturdy foundation for a healthy and prosperous relationship. Well, the first, you, you know, you have to like the person that you're dating, <laughs> you know, liking that person, having a, um, you know, attraction. Uh, you know, of course, you know, the first thing we do is we're attracted to a person. And then after that, become, you know, we, we start, you know, there's a, a likability factor. You know, in order for you to be around them, you have to like them, uh, like something about them. And then eventually love, love comes. Uh, so that foundation, you know, so, with, you know, the attraction, likability, love, then a friendship, definitely friendship. You develop that initially early on. And with all of that comes trust. Over time, you trust that person. On this show, we talk a lot about mental health and individual growth. And I think personal development should come before, like, building a relationship foundation with anyone else. Yes, healing and checking in with yourself is so is super important. Being honest with yourself about your mental state and if you're able to pursue relationship is the healthiest way for you. In order for me to love someone else or respect someone else or trust someone else, guess who I have to trust and love and respect first? Myself. And so the work that that individual need to be doing is is really assessing, you know, you know, who am I? What do I want in life? You know, what makes me happy? What are my dreams? What are my goals? And making sure that they're being truthful, having, you know, uh, being truthful with themselves and working on those things that make them a better person. I cannot give you anything I do not have. So if I don't love myself, I, how can I give love? Uh, and so yeah. loving yourself, you know, healing, you know, if you have any past hurt, healing from those hurts so you don't take that into another relationship or a new relationship. Rules also make up a big part of relationship. Like, what is my, you could ask yourself, what is my job in the relationship? What does my partner require from me? <laughs> and while roles are shifting in hetero couples relationships, I think it is important to distinguish um, if LGBTQ plus couples are experiencing similar trends. All I can speak to is what the individuals are verbalizing. And at this time, I have not seen uh, as much role conflict, uh, you know, far as that is concerned. Um, when I talk to individuals that I know that are in relationship LGBTQ, uh, most of what they're talking to me about is that trust factor. So we've gotten some good insight on how to build a healthy relationship but what causes a relationship to crumble? You know, you mentioned communication, but with that communication comes trust. So once the trust is broken, that's what is just the, the, the walls start falling. So trust uh, is the number one uh, thing that I'm seeing um, uh, once, you know, because you have to be able to trust that person. Uh, and, that, and that's trusting them with everything, not just one thing, but everything, not just finances. It's, it's everything. Trusting you with my feelings that you're not going to turn around and use it against me or hurt me in any way. So uh, so number one would be trust. I think we can all look back on that heartbreak that just left you like 
shattered, completely gutted. But when I look at like past relationships, if I can even really call them that, like the problem was that I didn't really value myself high enough. And so I like, I allowed uh, ridiculous levels of like disrespect and my insecurities led me to not trust the people that I was talking to or that I was dating because I always had the assumption that they'd be ready to like jump ship and just like move on to something better. And so, whew, yeah. And I, I think even in that, like it still comes down to like trust and like self-love really. Yeah, no, I feel that the moment I started to actually like put effort into my own mental health and my own like loving my own self is when I really started to like realize the things that I didn't want in relationship and also the things that like I desperately needed in one. Well, the number one positive relationship I've seen that really has ha have had an influence is uh, our uh, President Obama and his wife, Michelle. So they have demonstrated, you know, and shown firsthand what a healthy, positive relationship looks like in a commitment. Uh, and they've shared their, their ups and their downs. You know, there is not been perfect. This is not a perfect marriage. We have to work at this every day, you know, and the things that they had to put in place in order to make sure their marriage, you know, was strong. I think this was like a really, like, strong take on relationships, especially. And it gives, like, a good, like, good context for past generations and even now. Like, what are your, what are your takeaways? Well, um, I know that we, be we began the episode talking about um, asking the question if relationships are like are like how they may or may not be like what they used to be. But I think my takeaway from my from my conversation has been like relationships are as as they've always been because people have always been people, you know, like people are always going to need to feel um, safe and secure and loved relationships that's kind of what it all comes down to like are we doing the best things that we can do to make sure that our partner or partners feel loved are we doing the best things to make sure that like we are in a good mental space to be loved that we can to accept love and to give love you know and are we communicating what we need and I think that those things are forever things that don't look like they're going to change anytime soon I feel like, like we've been saying throughout the episode, like the basis of really all of this is like communication. Um, so it's like, if I'm not in the right mental space to be able to start a relationship or maintain a relationship, it's like, I have to communicate that. Or if for whatever reason, I'm not trusting someone for some reason, then, then it's like, I have to communicate that as well. If I'm not receiving love in a way that is like healthiest to me, that I have to communicate that in a way that like my partner or partners like can understand and perceive. So I really think it, it does, it comes down to like being able to communicate effectively like your needs, what you want, and then understanding like what other people want out of the relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, well, a huge thank you to Miss Jackson for taking the time to share her expertise and talk with us about relationships. We love you. Please love each other and yourselves. And that's a wrap for our episode this week. Aaliyah, where can our listeners find you? I am at it's Aaliyah Dorsey on Twitter and Instagram. 
Yasmin, where can our listeners find you? Well, on Instagram, I'm at Yasmin underscore SA. And as always, please follow us at Black Girl Tea Party on Instagram and search Black Girl Tea Party on Twitter to stay up to date with episodes. Also, please subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify so that new people can find our show. You can also send us an email at blackgirlteaparty at gmail.com. Send us questions, ask for advice, or just tell us how much you love the show. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, hit us up. Once again, thanks for listening. And remember to love often and with all your heart. We'll see you next week.